Welcome to another episode of The Grove Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have in the studio with us, Blake Maxwell. Mm. Blake, it's good to have you here today, man. Man, it is so good to be here. Yeah, good, good. You should <clears throat> say that every time because... I will, I will. Yeah, it should be good for you to be here. It's a joy. Good, good. Man, let's talk about <laughs> your family. Tell me about your family. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I've got a wife that I've been married to for... About 10 years in May. Y'all been married 10 years in May. In May, it'll be 10 years. But y'all been together for a long time, right? That's right. So uh, in November of this past November, we celebrated 16 years of like dating. 16? How old were y'all so, when y'all first started dating? That's a good question. I mean, looking at me, you would probably assume. You're at least 15, 16. That's right. So we so, met out the womb. Which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, I was a sophomore in high school and she was a freshman. So I was 15. She was okay. 14. I had some long, shaggy hair. And man, I just like swept her off her feet, you know? Whoa, mm -hmm. really? Yeah, sure enough. So you never dated anyone else before? I mean, like after I became a believer, mm. she was the only person that I ever dated. Yeah. Has she ever dated anyone else before? No, no. Never? Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. So mm -hmm. good night. That's it, man. Wow. So, so one, one and done for her. That's huh? exactly right. She mm. knew what she wanted. And, uh, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> <Okay>. so, <laughs> All right. So we've got, uh, we've got four kids, uh, Piper, Seven, okay. second grade. Uh, Salem is five, first, uh, kindergarten. Jude is three, and uh, Ruby is a year and a half. Jude likes to, he mean mugs a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're like, hey, Jude, mm -hmm. here's some candy. He's like, he throws like that candy. that brow, that mm -hmm. furrow. Mm -hmm. He throw it at it like in a minute, man. Yeah, he does. Yeah. What's mm -hmm. up with that? I don't know, man. I Why blame it so on angry? Holly's Holly's dad. Like, he's got a strong, you know, ridge line up there. Mm. So. Good night. Okay. Well, Did, I mean, like in the the kids program last week or whenever it was, mm -hmm. um, like he stood the whole time and just looked at me. Mean mugging. Mean mugging the mm -hmm. whole time. Like he did motions for maybe what, like a mm -hmm. minute and then just mean mugged the whole time. Yeah. 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 You know? That's, that's so, Jude. That's right. That's Jude. He's a joy. Where'd you go to school? Uh, high school went to South Rowan in China Grove. South where? South Rowan. Rowan. Rowan, Don't man. You, you say normally like Rowan or something like uh, that? I've been known to say that. Yeah, you know, Rowan, South But Rowan. I cleaned it up a little bit with Rowan. Rowan. Well, that makes sense. That's how you say it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's how it's spelled. So, <laughs> Right. So South Rowan. South Rowan in China okay. Grove. Yeah. Yep. And mm -hmm. you went to college? I went to Liberty University. Liberty. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a couple other guys here, a couple other pastors that yep. went to Liberty as well. Mm -hmm. So were you there with any of those guys by chance? Uh... I was not. Yeah, they're much, not. much older. Yeah, they're much older. Much, much older. Sort Kyle. of like you. Kyle. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, Liberty for undergrad, finished in 2010. Did my master's there, finished in 2012. Okay. And uh, now I'm working on my doctorate. So, Your doctorate? Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. So I'm doing that through Southern. Okay. And uh, I'm doing like the Doctor of Educational Ministry. So the D-Edmin program. Hmm. Mm -hmm. What is that like? Uh, it's... I want to say like it's more cohort minded. Um, okay. And so we meet together four or five times a year um, in a group of maybe five or six people. And uh, for a week at a time, we work through a particular course in class, very practical for ministry. And um, but we still have just as much academic work to do. It's mm -hmm. just very, very practical. OK. Yeah. So finish at Liberty. Mm -hmm. And then were you pretty much on staff directly after Finishing yeah. school? So I, uh, I finished in 2010, okay. and uh, I started with Liberty in the financial aid department uh, in 
I think it was June of 2010. Okay. So I married Holly in May of 2010. And then we started in the financial aid department in June of 2010. Okay. So right a month afterwards. And um, I stayed there for about a year and a half. And then I switched over to the office of student leadership. And uh, I served on campus doing college ministry for about a year and a half or so. Okay. And that's mm-hmm. through the school? That was through the school. So it's not like a parachurch? No, no, no. I, I lived on campus okay. like Holly and I did. They provided housing for us. I was there for two dorms on campus. And uh, yeah, so did that for a year and a half, two years or so. Now, I went to Liberty mm-hmm. on like a visit one time. Okay. Not, actually, not too long. It's just been a couple of years ago. We went looking for interns. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, that place is unbelievable. Yeah. <clears throat> unbelievable. They were working on some sort of tower in the middle. Okay. Now, that thing yeah, yeah. wasn't there when you were there, was it? No, man. Like, I, I we've taken, since I've graduated, mm-hmm. you know, Holly graduated in 2011. Okay. I finished in 2010. And uh, we've taken um, several groups up for college for a weekend, okay. you know. Um, and what we realized is that over a period of time, like, they had done so much to the campus that we were, I mean, we could give tours of the campus before, but towards the end, like, and we couldn't we couldn't point out stuff because everything had changed right. radically. Mm-hmm. So I mean, none of that stuff was there when I was there. Now they have that one uh, that one little Velcro hill that you can snowboard down, right? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much like wet Velcro, right? That's exactly what it's like. And uh, I've heard people just pretty much tear, yeah, tear their skin off. And that's uh, exactly all what that kind of stuff. that's exactly what happens. Sounds so fun. So I'll give you a story. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, I think it was an RD at Liberty when this happened, um, but they opened up and they opened it to staff first so it's a slope like i think there's only one in america everything else is like european um and it's a year-round slope so they opened in the middle of summer and so staff was going up to the top you know to ski or snowboard or whatever and um, they were wearing like shorts and t-shirts because it was like 100 degrees outside oh that's weird and so they were coming down on the slope and they were falling and just ripping their skin to pieces man like it was terrible that's awesome so i think they put a rule on the table from that point forward that she had to and we're closed. So. Okay, so let's talk about church history. Yep. When you left Liberty and went on staff, yep. um, that was up in the Rockwell area. Is That's that, right. Is that right? That's right. And uh, tell me about that church there and yep. how long you were there before you transitioned sure. here. So we, uh, we left Lynchburg in May of 2013. And uh, at that point, like, uh, we wanted to be closer to family. Um, Piper had just been born maybe six, seven months before. And so we decided that we wanted to raise our kids close to family. Both of our families are in North Carolina. And uh, so, I mean, an, op- an open position at uh, a church in Rockwell sort of was put on the table for us um, for student ministry. It was technically youth, children, and associate ministry. Mm. So in wow. 2013, like, I assumed a role that I was responsible for children, youth, and, like, associate kind of stuff. Um, and it was a, I mean, Rockwell is, like, 10 miles east of Salisbury. So the area is, like really rural uh, sort of country. Um, so for the area, the church is large. I mean, I think we had probably 350 members or so for a mm-hmm. small country church. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were they were really good to us. You know, we had a lot of good relationships there. Uh, people really loved us. Um, close-knit family, essentially. Um, but over a period of time, it was clear the Lord was opening up other doors and time for us to leave. And we were there for five years. So 2013 until May of 2018. Now, you're a big sports guy. You... Mm-hmm. You played yeah. sports in high school. I did. Did you play anything at Liberty? Uh, I did not. I did not. I did some intramural stuff. Um, but uh, besides that, I mean, everybody does that. Everyone yeah. plays intramural. Um, but I did play baseball in high school. Baseball? Mm-hmm. Okay. What position did you play? So from the age of like three until high school, mm-hmm. I played like shortstop, second base, okay. middle infield kind of. You, you seem like a baseball player. I th- 
I think I can say thank you. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, you just seem like – like I've seen you chew gum before. <laughs> you chew gum like an old ball coach, like a baseball coach. Yeah. So you, you just – Do you remember you when I first aggressive. came on staff? I remember that video. That I didn't even – I wasn't even a part of the group text message Like yet. you were nervous or That's something? Right. And we were mm. all like, hey, look at his jaw. Like he's That's killing right. this gum. Mm. It was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty incredible. Good. Yeah. Pretty incredible. You guys are welcome for that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> now, you, you have any crazy stories, any sports <laughs> crazy stories with that? Anything so like that? I do, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this was like during my prime. I was 14 years old. Um, I was doing really well. 14 was your prime? <laughs> 14 was my prime. <laughs> kind of early, huh? Well, I'll, it'll expl- it'll make sense in just a okay, minute. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> but I was uh, I was playing uh, shortstop. We had this ground ball competition after practice one day, and uh, we weren't even like in the infield of the baseball field, right? We were in the outfield, right? Uh, taking ground balls, which is something you probably should never do because sure. the ground is unlevel and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but I was really good. Like, I was really good with my glove. My bat was not the greatest, but my glove was great. Sure. And so I was one of the finalists in this competition. And so I go down to, like, field the ball, and I'm fielding it, like, in proper, you know, position, and the ball just, like, takes a hop and smacks me right in the face. Are <laughs> like, you serious? Right, right in the face. And so I guess the, uh, you know, the result of that is that I ended up losing a tooth. So... Yikes! So like, knocked me in the face. It that? loosened like my most of my front teeth, you know, um, and it knocked clean out my tooth on the right front right tooth. And so lips, my teeth on the bottom almost went through my lips. It was intense, man. I had to ride in my coach's car to the hospital. It was one of the craziest experiences. Did you I've find ever... your tooth? I, you know, I think that we did have it actually. Yeah. I think you're supposed mm-hmm. to put it in milk. Did you have some milk readily I didn't, available? You know what? We didn't that day mm, at practice. Mm, you missed out, man. Yeah, we missed out. So So you got <laughs> so, so they're not all real. What that's that's right. Mm. The truth comes out. So what ends up happening is that for like seven years, okay, I had to wear a retainer with a tooth okay. on it and I would have to take it out at night, every night. So in the morning I'd wake up, I'd get my tooth out of the solution. I mean it's like a denture, essentially. And uh, I put some fix it in on that bad boy, seal it to the roof of my mouth. For seven years, Gerald. Are you serious? All the way through high school and then, like, part of the way through college. So, like, wow. here, here's the funny part is that I could, like, flip it out and flip it down at any given point. So, like, oh, that's, I would do it, like, around. a little scary, man. I could do it around groups of people. It freak them out a little bit. So that Yeah, that, that, sounds, that mm-hmm. sounds terrible. It was. Yeah, let's stop talking about that. <laughs> let's talk about your current role at Hickory Grove. Tell me what you do here. And uh, tell me what that looks like uh, as far as day-to-day and mm-hmm. what your um, purpose, vision, all that stuff is yeah. for your, your current role. Yeah. So I came on staff May 2018, so a little over a year and a half at mm-hmm. this point. And uh, I serve as the student pastor. So middle school and high school at Mallard Creek, uh, everything sort of filters through me. Mm-hmm. Um, so 11 years old up to 18 years old. So week after week, my responsibilities include just uh, oversight of the ministry as a whole, uh, direction uh, for the ministry going forward, uh, and all of our educational stuff, like our Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, and Sunday mornings all sort of come through me. That's good. That's mm -hmm. good. And and you've got some help. Um, I do. Yep. Matt Johnson. Matt Johnson. Matt Johnson is wild man. He is... I guess the middle school associate. He's the right? middle school okay. associate. Yeah, and, I'm sure uh, we'll hear from him sometime. Yeah, Matt and I work well together. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've got two opposite ends of the spectrum. Completely opposite. Com- I mean, in every single way. Mm-hmm. Matt's a big guy. He's probably 
He's probably 260, you know, big dude. And I'm Bro, that's pretty bold. You're dropping numbers on him. I'm pretty sure he dropped like it earlier today. Mm. But he he carries it well, you know. Former quarterback for Charlotte, you know. Mm. Yep. And yep. we just we balance each other really well. Wow. In this every is... way except on a seesaw. Yeah, so. you, you, where you don't balance <laughs> at all. It's just pegged one way. That's exactly you know right. Your yeah. feet are kind of kicking around like this. You yeah. Know? Anyway, <laughs> that's great. This is unbelievable. Yep. I hope he sees this and comments I, on it. I hope he does. That'd too. be great. So Student pastor at mm-hmm. the Mallard Creek campus. Sure. Um, student ministry <clears throat> these days are just slam full of craziness, mm. I believe. Yeah. There's so many things that's happening in a student's mind, in a student's heart, in a student's world. Yeah. And you get to be the resident expert on <clears throat> it and talk about it. Um, one of the things I do appreciate about you is that you really um, – look to help parents you mm-hmm. look to equip parents um, so that parents are doing a lot of the a lot of the legwork mm-hmm. at home they're putting in the time with their kids to disciple them to mm-hmm. train them up in the way yeah. they should go as the bible says mm-hmm. um, and i really appreciate that you you do that so you're giving me as a as a parent of a mm-hmm. couple teenagers you're giving me the opportunity to learn and grow mm-hmm. and do those kinds of things i really do appreciate that because mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that's happening within our culture nowadays um, that just quite honestly are a little bit beyond me. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure of all the technological things that's happening or yeah. stuff that's happening in schools, whereas you're going to be a lot more in tune to it because mm. you're, you're more saturated with that than I am. Mm. So, But let's talk about um, what are some concerns that you have for students mm. today? And um, imagine... Imagine yourself talking to parents right now. Yeah, what are some sure. things you can say to parents right yeah. now? Hey, here's some things you might want to be <clears throat> mindful of that's mm. happening. Um, let's let's just start with, um, give me like a, a hot topic kind of thing mm. for today. Yeah. What's one thing you think that students are dealing with? Yeah. Something, I guess, like maybe like anxiety, maybe? Mm, I would say that's probably on the list, probably at the top. Yeah? Yeah, one of the top ones of the list. And, and this, just to touch on what you mentioned a second ago, like my, my role exists to come alongside like mm. what parents are supposed to be doing in the home. Like ideally, like the Lord's design is that parents are the primary disciple makers. Mm. Um, but that's, I mean, that's not always the case, realistically, sure. you know. Uh, I think for some of our parents, like they're, they're doing what they should be doing as parents, leading and discipling their kids. But a lot of the, a lot of the students that we have don't have parents like that. And so we end up having to uh, carry the majority of the weight. Um, but for an issue like anxiety, like I, I would say that that's probably, I mean, that's high on the list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What do you think causes a lot of that? It's just, I mean, a lot of it's fear or, yeah. well, I mean, fear of what? What, yeah. what are kids struggling with that makes them deal yeah. with that? So I, I look at anxiety, and, and by no means are we attempting to, like, figure out the struggle of anxiety today. Well, you sure. Know? Yeah, right. Right. Uh, I think that there are like physiological uh, issues with anxiety that maybe is a topic for a different conversation for someone else more qualified. Um, but spiritually speaking, you know, we can speak to what the Bible says about it. And, uh, and I believe that when you look at the root of anxiety, like I think you can sort of peel back sort of the, the onion and see in some way there's a, there's a facet of fear. Okay. Uh, and then I think if you pull back the, uh, the onion a little bit more on fear, you see that it's rooted in some way and unbelief. Okay. You know, so unbelief causing fear, which was, is resulting symptomatic of anxiety in the life of a student. Mm-hmm. 
What about the um, identity? Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a lot of kids that probably deal with a lot of, and, and this is kind of like the high mm-hmm. high point, and a whole bunch of stuff trickles down from that. Yeah, sure. Identity issues. Um, give us, I guess, just kind of a high view of where we should, where our identity should come from. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that obviously, first and foremost, we see Genesis one twenty six. Um, that we've been created in the image of God, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we, different than any other thing that has been created, we carry significant value because we've been created in God's image. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been created to bear the image of God like, like nothing else has been created. Um, so that in and of itself, even outside of or before salvation takes place in the life of a student, like there's value in the life of an individual. Mm-hmm. And then we see that after um, we're, we're saved, you know, we, we're brought into the family of God, we're made new in Christ. And so therefore, our identity fully rests in what Christ has done for us on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are new in Christ because of what he's done for us. So our identity lies not in what we can do or can't do, um, but it really lies in what God has done for us through Jesus. Mm, so that good. should be the core of everything. Um, but I think that you tend to see like anxiety present. So just talk through some basic uh, concepts here. Like you look at some students that are incredibly anxious, and I've talked to several uh, anxious about like what school they're going to go to in the future. Mm -hmm. So kids making decisions about college, um, they're anxious about where they're going to school and not getting into the school they want to get into. You walk that back a little bit uh, and you see that the fear there is that if they don't get to the college they want to get into, um, they won't have the life that they think that they deserve mm-hmm. or desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pull back a little bit from that and you see that ultimately they're, um, they're not truly believing that Jesus is enough for them. You know, mm-hmm. um, They're putting their desires above what the Lord has provided for them in Jesus. Therefore, it's in a way resulting in like this anxious life. You can say the same thing about relationships too. You know, guys that desire a relationship with a girl, um, seeking to have this relationship with a girl, anxious about it, um, knowing that if they are not in a relationship with a girl, they're probably not going to be accepted among their peers. Mm. Uh, And then that pulls back and says, well, I just don't believe that I in in and of myself am enough, you know, Uh, or that Christ is enough for me. And so I think that like those seeds of fear, unbelief, um, result in anxiety in the life of a student. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality, like, it should be for all of us that we believe that Jesus is enough. Mm-hmm. So therefore, there's no reason to be anxious about anything. I mean, you look at Matthew 6, uh, you see that Jesus speaks and says that, you know, take no thought for your life. Mm-hmm. You know, if the birds of the air are taken care of, the lilies right. of the field, then we, we should rest assured and know that we're of more value than them and therefore we'll be taken care of, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that the remedy for anxiety is really rooted in the promises of God, mm-hmm. you know? That's good. So that, that's, where, that's where it should come from. Right. Our identity should come from that's that. That's right. And you touched on this a little bit, mm-hmm. but it actually comes from yeah. other things. There's it comes other from other factors. things. Yeah. Um, I don't mean to just wage this all-out war mm-hmm. on social media. Sure. But I think social media today is yeah. wreaking havoc within the family, within yeah. um, the hearts of people. Not just not just students, but I mean, mm-hmm. not just teenagers, but even even adults. I mean, there are people I see that are just um, longing for attention mm-hmm. and all kinds of things um, on social media. Yeah. So it, it's it's not just young people; it's yeah. people. Yeah. So let's let's uh, let's just take each of them and let's yeah. just talk about okay. for just a few moments. Um, Facebook, yeah. for instance, um, Facebook is typically the um, 
I guess your 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 parents that's kind right. of social yeah. social yep. media. That's right. You know what I mean? It didn't start that way. It didn't start that way. But it is that way. I remember I was in Peachtree City, Georgia, and a couple of our college students were talking about this thing called Facebook. Yeah. I was still rocking um, MySpace and kind of doing that whole whole deal. So I was like, what is Facebook? Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's this new thing. You have to have like an EDU address, okay. yeah, a yeah, dot yeah. .edu address. Had to be in college. Had to be in college. Mm-hmm. And so couldn't get on it, you know, at that mm-hmm. point or whatever. Um, now you go and look, and it's like like people share like recipes yeah, yeah. and like pictures of That's their right. grandkids, which is all fine and good, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's, it's typically um, you're probably my age mm-hmm. and up crowd that really consistent really consistently Facebook. yeah my my grandmother okay I'll, I'll give you a story uh-huh. I, I love my <laughs> grandmother a ton you know I don't like where this is going and she comments on every post that's posted mm. that I post or that mm-hmm. others post about me I tagged you in a post and I think she she probably did said something I was like Who's this I lady? love my grandmother mm. yeah. and she's I love her too yeah she's mm. like that mm. that's awesome it so is. there you go I I mentioned the story about Facebook, and you dropped your grandmother. I did, there. man. I did. Let's move on to Twitter. Okay. So a friend of mine said to me, said this to me. He said, Facebook is the, the friends you have. Yeah. Twitter is the friends you wish you had. Okay. So That's a fair point. Yeah. So I get on Twitter. I go and follow all these athletes and yeah. these movie stars and stuff and realize they have nothing good to say. Yeah. So I unfollowed all of them. Um, Do you get on Twitter anymore? Um, you know, for a, a, a long time, I got off Twitter because I thought it was just, um, it just seemed hateful. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, like, recently, even in the Christian circle. Y- right, right. I, I was, mean, it I just seemed like incredibly hateful. Like, I don't yeah. really care for it at all, to be mm-hmm. honest. I think that, that people on Twitter want to make statements that sort of seem like they're just dropping bombs on right. people, you know? Right. And the reality is, is that, you're probably not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, and like, like there are certain guys that I follow that I think very highly of. And yeah. they, they will post something, and I think it's good. And then if you just happen mm-hmm. to like it or look in the comments or whatever, um, that's where all the hate comes. You get people <clears throat> who are just saying, oh, this and this and this. Yeah. And it's just like, golly, like, mm-hmm. why do you feel like you have to say anything? Just don't sure. just be mad or yeah. disagree just and let just it go. let it go. Yeah. Don't, don't say anything, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So all of that just seems yeah. so... Mm foreign to me yeah. that they have to say something yeah so let's move on to instagram okay instagram is like the new thing well it's not new but it's the thing all mm-hmm. the kids are on it yeah all the cool kids they're doing instagram yeah um you know i don't fully understand all of it yeah i'm just gonna go ahead and say it like i make a post and people are like hey put that in your story and i'm like i don't i don't know I don't know what that is. Well, stories came about what I want to say maybe a year ago. I could be totally wrong on it. Mm, yeah, I don't know how long ago stories came. Maybe out. it's longer than that. Hey, there's stories in Facebook now. Did you know that? I did know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you can post a story in Instagram and it carry over to your story. Yeah, yeah. Facebook. You can. You can. Mm-hmm. We we sound terribly old. I feel like we're you those know, two old guys on the Muppets. You know what I'm talking about? I, we're talking no, about. No, I don't. Know. Oh. Okay. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> uh, but Instagram, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've had an Instagram for probably I don't know maybe three years, four mm-hmm. years or so. And it's my favorite, like, avenue of social media at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, if trends continue, right, which they typically do, um, Instagram will probably be dated at some point in the next sure. next handful of years or so. Something else will come out. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, but for the time being, I think it's probably the most effective way. Um, and it's just my favorite way. It's like you get to see yeah. visuals as opposed to mm-hmm. just hearing hearing words on Twitter, you mm-hmm. know. 
But, you know, like people mm-hmm. people want others to follow them on Instagram. That's right. It's, it's a big deal. It's, a it's big like, deal. hey, follow back or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like follow for what? follow or right. whatever. And I'm yeah. like, what? What does all this mean? Yeah. And so, I mean, people are out there um, just really longing for mm. a lot of followers. Yeah. You know, like if I was to say my Instagram, you know, handle is at G Malloy and you can go you follow it right now. That's right. I just feel like people are just wanting more followers. Yeah. And I don't know why they do that. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> at G Malloy would be a great, you know, yeah, account to follow. I think right. you know, just a you know, good good stuff coming out. But all the kids are on Instagram. Mm-hmm. They like it. Um, tell me, is, is there any? Are there dangers? Yeah. In Instagram. Yeah, I think uh, I think anything without uh, supervision yeah. and moderation can be dangerous. Even the best of things uh, without right moderation can be bad things. So, for instance, so, uh, I mean Instagram. Um, it's a good way to communicate with, uh, with peers. Um, but at the end of the day, like you are in a way you're, you're putting out pictures of yourself or the things that you like to do with captions and you're allowing other people to, um, speak truth or falsehood into those things that you're posting Mm -hmm. out. And so you're opening yourself up for criticism to a degree. Mm -hmm. And I think what, what a lot of our students are really sort of falling bait to uh, is the fact that, you know, really they're, they're basing their status and success as right, students right. Uh, off of the number of likes they get on pictures. Mm-hmm. And so what's really bothersome is that, and you've seen this before too, where students will post things just to see how many likes they get. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in many cases, you'll find uh, not, just, not just students, but, but parents and mm-hmm. adults oh, yeah. um, creating these memorable moments just so that they can post them on the Insta. You know well, what I'm saying? And, and then there's the whole, like, they're going to, this uh, being compared to someone else yeah. or whatever, right. or trying to have this life because, you know, you, you're not typically posting all the terrible things. You're typically posting all no. the great things that happen. No, life, I mean, like right? you're posting the steak dinner that you get you right. know, this week. Right. Um, you're not posting about the mac and cheese that you had last night. <laughs> or the ramen. Or the ramen. I you, like some ramen. You're not ramen. doing that, right? I don't mind some ramen. Um, but the thing that's that's devastating, and it even falls back to our other conversation, is that you've got many kids that assume and uh, equate their acceptance among mm. their peers based yeah. off of the number of likes they get on a picture. And that is the, the I guess, the craziest thing to consider. Um, but it's so easy to do that even as an adult, like to see the number of likes on a photo uh, increase, equating that with, man, people really like me as a right. person, you right. know? Um, and so you begin to become a slave uh, of that. And that's just, that's just wrong. You know, um, one of the things that my wife and I are somewhat nervous about with our with our kids being um well they're not actually on any sort of social media sure. right now um they don't even have phones right now okay so mm. but one one of the things that we're thinking through is um like if there's a group of friends doing something and mm. they post a picture about it but not everyone was invited or not everyone was, yeah. you know then you have this oh well they went and did this, this and i wasn't invited tension yeah. and so yeah. I mean that causes issues. It can be divisive, yeah. And the, that that missing out kind mm-hmm. of thing, or um, this person is wanting to, you know, says something about this person or whatever. I, I don't know. It, yeah. All these different things come about, and I feel like mm. none of it is really that great for yeah. the heart of yeah. of a young person who has all kinds of emotion mm. and thoughts and. Um, um, crises that's happening in their yeah. hearts where they're not quite sure who they are and yeah. what you know what they're going to be in the, in their lives and all those kinds of things and I feel like all that just kind of comes ahead on on yeah. social media. Yeah, I know? think you're right, man. And then I think it it 
you know, I kind of started a little bit safe and we're kind of making our way down to like the, the like Snapchat world. Yeah. I don't know anything about Snapchat. Sure. Um, I don't have a Snapchat, never mm -hmm. had a Snapchat, don't care to have it because yeah. I've never heard anything good come out of it. Yeah. yeah. At least with the other, the other three so far, there's some good things that happen, mm -hmm. you know. But on Snapchat, I haven't heard anything yeah. um, that's good that comes out of it. Yeah. Typically, with, it's, yeah. it's um, pictures or whatever mm -hmm. that disappear. Sure. Whatever. It just sounds shady. Yeah. Right? It's, it's really the idea of Insta stories, except that's all that it is on on uh, Snapchat. Okay. Uh, you can send those to people. You can post those out for others to see. Mm. Um, but it's really the idea that you are posting something um, that will eventually, within a matter of moments, disappear. Okay. So the level of accountability that's there uh, obviously just falls off the table because you can post whatever you want and in a matter of moments no one even knows that you posted it mm -hmm. essentially <clears throat> and so looking at and I've, I've not used snapchat before i've looked at it but i've not generally used it and um but basing you know basing all of this off of conversations i've had with parents and students i've seen that nothing but like terrible things come right. of this right um and, and to be quite honest like even uh, with some of our middle school kids. I mean, I know that we, we think generally when we think about social media, you assume high school, but there are a lot of middle school kids that are, that are using this, um, 11, 12, 13-year-olds, mm -hmm. uh, that are probably using it for wrong and inappropriate reasons, right? Um, and so I've, I've seen nothing but negative things sort mm -hmm. of come of this. And so as a, as a pastor speaking to parents, I, I would provide a word of caution and say uh, that if your child has Snapchat, um, then you you probably want to make sure that you're monitoring that as closely as mm, possible. That's good. And, and I would even say I would even go this this uh, this far to say you probably want to have them remove it. Right. You know, um, just to avoid any potential for um, misappropriation. You're gonna make a lot of kids mad. I don't care, right? honestly. <laughs> I, I really don't because I, I care more for the spiritual um, health of our mm -hmm. students than I do for temporary acceptance among mm -hmm. their peers. You know. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, like, I know that for me, I mean, I respect the fact that you're, you're doing that for your kids. And I'll be the same way with mine, mm -hmm. you know, just because we're aware of the dangers that are there. Um, and I know that many kids will push back and say, this is, this is not me. This is not what I'm using it sure, for. Sure. Um, they'll feel as if they are uh, being restricted in some way. But I think that parents need to, um, to really push their authority. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've been given the responsibility to be parents of these kids for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, so therefore, push authority, show them that, that you're the parent, and restrict them in these ways simply to protect them, mm -hmm. you know? And we, we've had that very clear conversation with our kids. Yeah, yeah. Look, you're not going to do this, and this is why. Yeah. So at first, it's just like, nah, we're not going to do that, yeah. and we leave it at that. Yeah. Now it's like, uh, we're not going to do this, and, and this is why we're not going to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's some issues that could come about. Here's mm. some things that you need to be mindful of. Here's some things that I don't know that you can actually handle mm. yet. Yeah. Um, as a as a young man, that's not um, in your right mind. That's right. You're not able to deal that's with exactly some of the challenges right. that's that come exactly with this right. time. And and I I would say if you're a parent and you, and you you've given your child pretty much access to the world through a cell phone. That's exactly what you've if done. You're not monitoring everything yeah. that's coming in on that phone. Yeah. Something, I mean, mm. something's coming in. That's exactly right. And and I'm not saying all kids are bad and they're looking mm. for trouble all the time. Sometimes trouble is just around a corner yeah. and you don't even have to look for it. That's it just exactly shows right. Up. 
I mean, you, you look at the reality that the uh, earliest, I mean, not the earliest age, but the average age of being exposed to like pornography mm-hmm. among, you know, students and kids, I think that's like 11, around 11 or oh, so. I mean, that's, that's insanely young. Oh my goodness, um, it is. Whether intentional or unintentional. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know good and well uh, that there are some kids that, that get on a phone uh, with no intention to see things they shouldn't sure. see and automatically pop-ups are there, you know, um, that they can't unsee Mm -hmm. at that point. And so just because your car can go 160 miles an hour doesn't mean that you should drive that fast. Tony Rinke uses that example, and I think it's called 12 Ways Your Phone's Changing You. Mm And he just really talks about the fact that just because we have the ability Mm -hmm. through our phones to do certain things doesn't mean that it's always right. You know what I mean? So So, um, parents monitor your children on um, social media, on their phones, find out who they're texting, find out who these people are, get involved in their lives. It's just, Mm. it's vital. I I think it's just vital. Um, Whenever you talk identity, even coming through the whole social media realm, you get into peer relations, um, Mm. friendships, dating relationships. Talk through some of that. What does that that look like? What's your thoughts on dating, for instance? <clears throat> yeah, so that's a that's a that's a big conversation, mm-hmm. um, and to be honest, it's a it's a conversation that that needs to happen. Um, but I I would say my thoughts on dating are this: like there are some people that would say, "Don't date until you graduate." Mm-hmm. You know, don't great date until you get into college, uh, or whatever the case might be. I don't think that's a healthy practice. I think right. that putting a hard and fast black and white on the table is not good in in that uh, conversation. Um, But I think that if you are spiritually mature enough to know that you as an individual are beloved and looked at um, by the Lord as righteous and um, perfect in His sight, knowing your true identity as a believer, spiritually sound in and of yourself, I think that that is maybe the time that you begin to have conversations. Mm. And I would even say this is this is not middle school. This is like um, later high school. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, just for cautionary purposes. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, like it's hard to really understand who you are in Christ until that time. Mm-hmm. But if you put a hard and fast and say, um, don't date until you graduate, then what you end up having is that you've got some spiritually immature people that are in college, which we, we've seen that, we see that, um, that jump into relationships that have no business of being right. in relationship. Yeah. I mean, there are just as many today uh, immature 21-year-olds, mm-hmm. right, as there are, uh, you know, immature 16-year-olds. It's sure. just the same thing, just just later in life, essentially. Yeah. And those people have no business dating other people right. because they have no yeah. idea who they are. You know, um, I used to be one of those don't date till you graduate guys. Sure. We're just not going to do that. We're not going to date till you graduate. And then um, I was in Sunday school. Um, Wayne Teague is my Sunday school yeah. teacher, yeah. Um, was my Sunday school teacher. Um, and we were doing like a parenting session kind of deal. And one of the couples um, who have older kids, they mm-hmm. just flat out were like, it, you know, if you if you don't allow your children to yeah. date when they're in your care and at your home where you can walk them through some of the heartbreak Man, or some of the good things and bad things of it, yeah. and you just let them go out and experience all of that on their own when they're 18 years old and going off to college, you're kind of setting them up for failure. You are, man. And so my wife and I were like, well, you didn't even think about that. Yeah. I It never crossed my mind. Yeah. So it's like now we're thinking, okay, you know, we, we want our kids to be able to um, date in such a way where it's responsible. Mm. And now, you know, I mean, I've got a 15-year-old son, 
And so, you know, I'm sure he's if he's listening, he's gonna be like, yes, but you know, <laughs> I'm still like, no, no not not yet. Yeah, yeah. We're not ready for that yet sure. or whatever. But mm. anyway, so that that whole thing, my mind has changed with the whole dating thing. Yeah. But I do want to help my children establish, mm. um, you know, what it what it means to be in a relationship. Um, and, and I try to model it at home. That's what I was going to say, man. Yeah. I think that's one of the best and easy ways for us to like really set the stage for our kids is to model at home what mm-hmm. they should be in like later in mm-hmm. life. Um, so if they see you as a husband loving Tammy, mm-hmm. as Christ has loved the church, which is what you're called to, right. if they see her submitting to you as um, sh- the church does to Christ, like ultimately like this is this is like what we are to aspire mm-hmm. after. Um, so I think that begins like in the home, obviously, which really reinforces the idea um, that parents should be the primary disciple makers. And a lot of that takes place simply by you modeling with the way that you live on and off the field, essentially. Mm-hmm. So. so I had a conversation today this morning about um, about a lady who's probably in the mid-30s in that range, mm-hmm. and she's wanting to date and go about, she's not married, she's single, she, she wants to date and go about everything um, a, a certain way. Yeah. And the advice that some people were, were giving her was, hey, you, you got to kind of put yourself out there a little bit, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know if that means maybe some sort of online mm. Um, dating thing or whatever, but um, <laughs> she was essentially it. It was modeled for her that the man mm-hmm. pursues the woman sure. and does a whole route, and that's what I'm trying to teach yeah. my little girl. Yeah. So what I do at home with with my wife, as mm. far as how I um, pursue her, mm. I want my little girl to see that yeah. and to know that that's what a man is supposed to do. That's exactly right, man. And I don't want her to just feel like she's got to go out looking for a mm-hmm. relationship. That's right. But number one, the Lord would would bring that relationship yeah. to being whenever it needs to, um, but also that she would look for certain characteristics of a man yeah. that would um, that would pursue her in a mm. Christ-honoring way. Yeah. That's old school. Mm. That's old school. Yeah. Like, I don't know that a lot of people nowadays um, think like that mm. and to me it's just it's a shame because I, I, I just feel like th- there are some things that are old-fashioned and outdated I get that but then there are certain things that are just good yeah and I feel like a man pursuing a woman and going that whole route I, we're probably gonna get a lot of emails about that I don't know but no, I think that's fair <laughs> though I really do sure. I, I think that there is the uh, the idea that it's old-fashioned but at the same time like it's a phenomenal principle yeah. like the man should always be uh, as modeled, I mean, Ephesians 5. I mean, I know that this is different because we're talking dating. Sure. But I, I have the mindset that you, you don't date unless you're thinking about, at some point, years yeah. down the road. Absolutely. You, you date intentionally Absolutely. and purposefully. Um, and so you're thinking, even though you're not thinking about this particular person that you would marry, but you're thinking with mm-hmm. the framework of marriage in the future. Um, I, I think that that's the way that it should be. As mm-hmm. Christ pursues the church, the husband should pursue the wife and really the man should pursue the woman you know yeah um let's transition a little bit more um there's there are issues now um that when i was a teenager completely foreign like never i i couldn't i i didn't there was no category in my mind for some of the issues Mm. now specifically some of the gender issues yeah I mean, well into my 20s, even mm. probably well into my 30s. Yeah. So it wasn't until I feel like recently that now it's like this normal. Mm. 
these gender issues, gender roles, all those kinds of things, um, same-sex attraction, all those kinds of things, those are um, trying to be normal nowadays. And so, you know, I don't want to um, um, say anything that's going to be harmful or, you know, I don't want to hurt anyone Mm. by any means in in this Mm. conversation. But how how do we as pastors and Mm. we as a church come alongside parents and families that are um, walking through some of these things, um, some of these issues, and uh, how how do we honor Christ in all of that? Yeah, and that's a really good question, and I think that, you know, we as a staff are trying to figure that out. Um, I think that in any regard, I think that as pastors, we have to have an an open and listening ear. Mm -hmm. Um, You see the gender issues and the things that are on the table um, as a result of the fall, right? So, uh, obviously, you know, Romans 8 discusses the brokenness of the world that mm-hmm. we're living in. The struggle that we have with, with the flesh is all because of the fall, right? Going back to Genesis 3. Um, and as pastors, if we want to see our people genuinely grow in relationship with Jesus, we have to have an understanding and a listening ear mm-hmm. to see that people are genuinely struggling with issues, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, just in conversation over the past handful of weeks, you see the reality of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so having an open ear is, is huge, but I think, too, we have to sort of understand that we, as pastors, speak um, like under the authority of God, like mm-hmm. with the Word of God being our source of authority. Like we, we don't speak on any other behalf, like we speak what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're talking and addressing issues like this, we're not speaking from personal opinion. We're addressing based off of what our authority in the Word of God specifically and explicitly addresses. But I think, too, also, like in addressing authority, I think we also have to understand um, that we're, we're in a culture where uh, people want to be their own authority, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a struggle with uh, people not wanting to submit to any other authority besides their own, right? Um, and so there's a, there's a war between the authority of God and the authority of, of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So we stand on the authority of the Word of God. But in counseling and leading and discussing these things with these people, there's also got to be the idea that there is a and an ample amount of grace to people, right? Sure. Um, so in the same way that God has forgiven us our mm. faults, our sin, time um, and time again, time right. and time right. again, there's nothing that He can't forgive. There's mm-hmm. nothing that He can't make right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that we have to understand that as well. You mm-hmm. know, not not approaching these conversations uh, in a position where we are higher than others, but really understanding that you know what, uh, I'm just as wicked of a sinner as anybody mm-hmm. else on the table, right? Uh, and so understanding the grace that's been shed to me mm-hmm. through Jesus is also and is available to them. Yeah. So obviously that um, we're not going to get to the yeah sure bottom of mm-hmm. of any of that um, right now. Um, however, uh, I do think it is good for um, parents to know that pastors, your pastors here at Hickory Grove, mm-hmm. um, love you guys, support right. you guys, and we're um, wanting to come alongside and help um, minister to our families. Yeah. So our families make up our people, That's and right. we, we want to be there for yeah. our families. And so if there's any sort of um, help that we can give, we certainly want to. Oh, man, we're available without yeah. a doubt. So, so we've established... A lot of things mm. um, today, just throughout talking uh, with uh, about all the all the social media stuff, the identity, anxiety, fear, unbelief, all those kinds of things. What's the remedy? Mm. Yeah, I think we see that in, as with anything else, uh, we see the remedy being the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. 
Um, we talked about it a little bit ago. We see that we are created in the image of God, which is huge and foundational. Um, but we also see that uh, the gospel is is here. You know, because of the life that we couldn't live, Jesus came to live the perfect mm-hmm. life. He died the death that we deserve, that we might be brought back into a um, perfect relationship with the Father. And all that happens by faith and by faith alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, sin forgiven, uh, outsiders brought into the family of God, reconciliation happening, mm-hmm. right? That's possible because of what Christ has done. Mm-hmm. So the remedy is the gospel. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that we still, at this particular moment, we wrestle between the already and the not yet. Mm-hmm. We're still wrestling and waging war against sin that is present and really strong in all of our lives. And so that's why we need the church, we need the body, we need uh, student groups together, we need people coming together to hold strong accountability, pushing mm-hmm. each other closer and closer to Jesus. Uh, really, as we see brought about Hebrews 3, uh, exhorting one another uh, all the day as we see the day drawing near. Mm-hmm. So. That's one of the things I really appreciate about our student ministry yeah. here at Mount Creek campus and also at Harris campus. Yeah. Um, you guys are <clears throat> not just offering up um, silly games and goofy stuff. Yeah, that's garbage, um, man. But you guys are really yeah. trying to help people right. be completely grounded yeah. in the Word of God. And, um, and, and, and that's incredible. Like, I yeah. like that you're challenging our kids to, um, to mm. be more like Christ. Yeah. Um, I, my kids enjoy it. They have a good time yeah. when they're here, but they're also going to walk away knowing more about God's Word, mm. about who they are, and about the love of Christ yeah. for them. And mm. So anyway, I'm, I'm very, very thankful um, that you're here, that you're part of our team, mm. that you're leading our students and our families, our parents, in such a way as to honor the Lord. Um, mm. So, Blake, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, man, it's been a joy. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. this. Yep. Um, we could talk for a long time That's more right. about all the That's stuff right. that we talked about That's today. That's good, man. And so I would probably just say if you're wanting to have mm. any further conversation, feel free to yeah, catch either one of us or just Blake or whatever um, uh, after church or, you know, yeah. anytime. So, Blake, thanks again, man. Yep, absolutely, man. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today.